Hey everybody, it's Tommy Canelli and welcome to Before the Lights Podcast. The show that tells you how they made their mark. She's the first vegan chef to compete in Hell's Kitchen. An author, culinary visionary, who has worked in the kitchen of Hollywood icons and international vegan restaurants. She is a globally recognized vegan chef, a Macomb, Michigan native, and is leading an all-star panel of judges on the upcoming world's first vegan culinary competition show called Peel. Please welcome to the show, Chef Josie Clemens. Josie, how are you? I'm so good, Tommy. How are you? Thank I, you so much. I am well. I am so excited to have you on the show and get into Peeled, which we will in a minute. I want to start here. What is your first memory of cooking? My first memory of cooking is when I made some pumpkin flourless muffins that were completely overcooked <laughs> when I was about 10 years old. <laughs> Wow, I've never been asked that before. Thanks for putting that back into my mind. That's awesome. (laughs) Did you get hooked right away on cooking or what was the attraction to it? The attraction was the frustration. Okay. The attraction was the rage and the creation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's the honest to God truth. (laughs) All right. I love the honesty. Talk to my listeners about the impact that the Montessori school had on you. Oh my goodness. Montessori school exposed me to diversity. I mean, I lived in, I grew up in Detroit with my mom and there weren't a lot of kids around in my neighborhood, but being pretty much the minority at my private school, being surrounded by a lot of people from India and Pakistan and China, I got to try everything that was in their lunchbox, which was totally different from my (laughs) (laughs) PB&J. I love that. I love that. You also worked at hotel restaurants in Michigan and upstate New York. And then around the age of 19, you decided to go vegan after what I'm going to call a small life crash, uh, to put it mildly. But what was the biggest ripple effect for you when you decided that you were going to go vegan? I think to me, it had to do with finding a purpose that I felt comfortable navigating my entire life around and kind of molding and shaping my entire life around. It was something that I felt wouldn't cause harm because as you mentioned, the life crisis, I caused harm to people around me and I realized, Oh, you know, it doesn't feel so great um, to be in pursuit of like in reckless pursuit of what you are passionate about and what you desire and to hurt people around you. And so veganism really encapsulated everything that I wanted to be about and it gave me a nice structure to adhere to. Easy, just don't eat animal products or animals. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love that. I want to go here with that because when people say they're vegan or they're going to go vegan or they're pescatarian or they're vegetarian, as soon as the word vegan is used, some people automatically say, well, they're not true vegans because of A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z. I say it's okay to say you're vegan if you're not going to be what they call the true vegan to the word. Do you agree or disagree with that? Wow. You're really putting me in the hot seat, eh? (laughs) Just throwing it out there, too. I agree with what you're saying. And I also, I understand the perspective of 
the commitment that vegans make to radically altering their life because I used to be myself a very radical vegan. Okay. But there comes a point in time where you have to address the fact that animals are also not limited to like the cute and fuzzy ones. They're also the human beings. And so it's like, if you want to gather people and you want them to be a part of what you're a part of and about what you're about, you need to chill (laughs) just like a little. (laughs) I'm with you there. I I understand the people that are 100% into veganism and I respect that. But I'm also okay with the people that are not eating animal products that may not be true vegans because we're still helping keeping animals alive and helping our economy and the environment and all the great things that come with it. So I'm okay with both sides myself. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I think everybody is doing the best that they can do with what they currently understand in every moment. Truly. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's always room for improvement, but everyone is doing the best they can do. Did you also own a vegan food truck? I managed a vegan food truck in Los Angeles called Evolution Burger. And that was an absolute blast. It was a heavy emphasis on imitating uh, famous fast food meals like a Big Mac or um, like a Jack in the Box burger. And we just used Impossible and Beyond Meats. And it was a super, super like slutty vegan menu and it was bomb and it was so fun to serve people and just like be a part of every interaction (laughs) from the food to the sales to the like delivering people the food it's just yeah that was a very unique experience this may get some people going wait a minute what did tommy just say at age 22 you were working at tesla and then (laughs) quit and somebody might go well i want the job at tesla what was this aha moment for you, Josie? You're like, okay, I'm working at Tesla, but I'm going to leave. Tommy, you have so many facts. <laughs> <laughs> I do some research, Josie. Yeah, you did. Wow. Thank you. That's so sweet and flattering. Um, for me, I realized that being a part of a system and, and being able to get promoted and find ways to become better within that system is great. but I just wasn't fulfilled. I just belonged in the kitchen. I only left the kitchen because I went vegan. And while I was working at Tesla, I was doing consulting on the weekends where I was putting vegan menus in non-vegan restaurants in Los Angeles or helping vegan restaurants improve their menus. And that's where my heart belonged. And I was killing myself with like no sleep to do that. And I realized if I just go all in on myself, I don't need this like Tesla job to be stable. I can just stabilize myself somehow, some way still working on that part, but (laughs) (laughs) we're getting there. (laughs) You know, the process is much more fun than putting on a suit every day and going into work while Tesla's mission is super cool. It's like, it just, it wasn't mine. As I said, I do research a lot on my guests before I bring them on the show. I love your background, your drive, your determination, Because here's another one. You go from Colorado to Phoenix, which you have never been to before, to open a meal prep company specializing in vegan cuisine for those who experienced health problems. Why did you pick Phoenix if you just, A, never been? Let's just go to Phoenix. I understand opening up the company, but what kind of nerves did you have of just packing up, going to somewhere you've never been, and starting this new company from scratch? 
It was actually exhilarating. It felt really scary. I mean, I probably cried about it like four times in the process of like packing all my stuff <laughs> in Colorado. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? But every time that I would have like a brief meltdown, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Just like stay here and then what? Be a line cook at this vegan restaurant that I'm currently working at? Be a manager? Maybe open my own restaurant? No. So I just wanted to go and do something new and kind of, I wanted to test myself. You know, it was incredibly scary, but I wanted to test myself to see if what I believed in was marketable because it's kind of breaking the mold on how we approach um, healthcare and also the food industry. And I kind of merged those two things together and it worked out great. And that was all the confirmation that I, that I needed. Can you speak on how foods can assist with ailments such as cancer, PTSD, and so much more? I'm a cancer survivor. When I got through, when I got through cancer and I do inspirational speaking now to groups, my nutrition changed 100%. Once I got on the other side of that, I'm living proof of what foods can do to you and how it can nutrient your body and change ailments just by eating the right foods. Somebody like yourself that has so much more diverse experience. Can you talk about that a little bit? Wait, can you tell me how you changed your diet? I'm curious about that. What did you do after you were diagnosed with cancer? Okay. So now we're going to go flip the script. Now I'm being interviewed by Josie. I love it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was welcome to my interview. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Josie's interview. I wasn't a healthy eater. When I look back at it, I mean, I ate all meat products. That's kind of how I was raised in our family. That's just what it was. I wasn't a big red meat eater, but I was a big sausage eater. And then I got diagnosed with colon cancer with no symptoms, went through four surgeries. It spread to my liver. I was told only 3% of the people that get it in their liver are going to survive. And now I have a 1% chance that it ever comes back. So I have this huge story that would take a lot longer than you and I have time for, but I'm more than willing to talk to you about it when we get done. But food changed it for me, Josie. Afterwards, I gained weight and then I decided I'm going to make a change. I got through cancer. I'm not going to get into this obesity. And I started studying and learning about nutrition and learning about foods. And then I cut out all red meat and I cut out all sausage. And then I got into running. And then from running, it started to go. I wanted to be able to have more endurance and feel better about my my body. And one day I just said, I'm going to try to do, to be a vegetarian for 30 days. And within two weeks, I couldn't believe how good I felt, how much energy I had. And I've never looked back. I've just continued to continue to move things out of my diet. And as I continue to keep knocking things out, I keep continuing to feel better. I'm not a true vegan by any chance. I'm more of a pescatarian. I, I eat fish now and then. But outside of that, I really don't eat anything else that would not be considered being vegan. But it's changed my life, just how I feel, the energy, I get people all the time asking me, what am I doing when they find out how old I am? They just, things don't compute to them. And then I see people that are my age and I think they're twice as old as they really are. <laughs> a lot of it is their lifestyle and what they're eating. So to answer your question for me, food changed everything. And I'll tell you the, the one superfood that I continue to learn about, and your eyes will probably pop when I say this, 100% convinced that people that are listening to this podcast are not eating and do not know enough about mushrooms. 
I could not agree more with you, actually. Mushroom supplements are the best. Now, do you take mushroom supplements or do you take um, actual like whole mushrooms and eat them raw? I eat them raw. I use mushroom broth. I'm not into the supplements yet, but I've been looking more into like lion's mane and some of those other things to see what may continue to help me. Because I said, I'm always studying research. How do I feel better? How do I feel better? I always want to feel better. Now I get people are going to go, oh, you know, shrooms. Okay, there's the bad mushrooms and there's the good mushrooms. But if you're watching what you're doing, (laughs) you can do a lot of good things with mushrooms. It's so true. Yeah, I'm going to plug fresh cat mushrooms because they are the best mushroom supplement I've come across. But, and these, these things that you're talking about, these supplements and these like essential amino acids and vitamins and minerals that are lacking from the standard American diet are the exact things that I would include in some of my meal prep plans, um, including smoothies or oatmeal or, uh, as minimally processed and raw as possible. That way people are able to absorb and actually utilize all those vitamins as well. And sometimes that is an issue with raw food where you have to like steam it a little bit. That way your stomach isn't like producing so much acid to break it down that it crushes all of the vitamins and minerals. I mean, there's so many tiny details that can go into food preparation that will literally alter the consumer's life, their life force energy, ultimately the trajectory of their career and just everything that that follows because when you're revitalizing your cells, I mean, you, ha- you are able to o- tap into like new perspectives, relate to yourself in new ways and relate to people in new ways. So really chefs should be paid as doctors, <laughs> <laughs> I think, which is where I'm trying to direct the industry. If I can, it's a great direction to go with. And now with COVID being so prevalent, at least in my family, when I've had family members that have been tested COVID positive. And right away, I'm like, get on mushroom broth. And sometimes it might be a joke, but I'm always pushing mushroom broth because they don't understand the full benefit nutrition that are in that broth. And that's why I brought the question up to you is if you people just do a little bit of study and find out if I change just a couple things in my diet, I could feel better. And if you're suffering from the list is long. I mean, I, I said cancer and PTSD, but there's so much more that if you're eating right, those things go away. It's so true. It's so true. We've degraded our bodies for so long with our diet that we forget that diet is actually what caused our aging. And so we say, oh, it's because we're getting old. Okay, but why are we getting old if our cells and our body's natural innate ability is to heal and revitalize and replenish and nourish itself? Why is it that we're that we're aging? It's not that we're getting old. It's we need to identify the ways in which we're not allowing our body to do its job. (laughs) And unfortunately, that's just not part of our current structure. So for now, until we release this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) then people will know. (laughs) Josie, I also say that the majority of the people are missing two things in their life, and that's proper hydration with water and proper amount of sleep. And if you just hydrate and get the right sleep, all of a sudden you're making a change in your life. She's got water right there in front of me. I have water right here. When you're hydrated and you're sleeping, your muscles are recovering. You have proper rest. You have more energy. You have a better focus on two things. And we're not even talking about food. We're talking about water and sleep. I know it's crazy. 
it's crazy. And when we're so productive all the time and we're so focused on accomplishing tasks, those things are put on the back burner. Oh, I'll go pee later. Oh, I'll fill up my water bottle later. Oh, I got to get to work. Oh, I also need to pick up my dry cleaning and drop off the kids. So I need to wake up earlier. And our entire life revolves around staying plugged into a system that causes disease. So it's, it's honestly mind boggling and um, it's, a, it has a limited time here. It's, it's already starting to collapse. I think mm. that post pandemic people are starting to realize that hmm, maybe a new way of life is available to me. Um, it's exciting. It's an exciting time that we're living in right now. Agree. And yeah, I think you and I could do hours on this. <laughs> Continue to go. So, I have a feeling that we will afterwards on recording. <laughs> I agree. So I'm going to push forward, people. So we're okay, going okay. to go here. She was the first vegan chef to compete in season 20 of Hell's Kitchen. She placed in ninth. It was filmed in 2019 before the pandemic and then aired two years later. Josie, what was the challenges for you of being vegan and cooking on a show? that being the first person to step in Gordon Ramsay's hell kitchen as being a vegan, what were those challenges? Well, I think that the internal challenge was how much of my old self do I want to incorporate in this setting as like 17 cameras are crowded around me? Do I want to unleash the full savage Josie and try to get to the top? Or do I want to just stay grounded in what I believe in and proceed like with these new ideals and beliefs. And then the external struggle was just trying to connect to what you're cooking without tasting it. And the only other senses that you have available to use are your smell and your sight. And of course feel, and then you're just kind of looking at what's sizzling in a pan and you're trying to determine, is this cooked yet? And you're looking in the pen, you're like, God, I just don't want to, <laughs> I just don't want to be cooking this right now. <laughs> and you're just doing that all day, every day. So it's, uh, it was a lot of like psychological warfare for me, I think more so than just like the average person that's on that show, but it made for a fun obstacle course. <laughs> How supportive were the other contestants, the producers and people surrounding that show on your beliefs? You know, the producers were very accepting and very supportive, including Gordon Ramsay. Um, He told me, you know, know, he thought I was going to be squeamish. And so he was pleasantly surprised to see that I was just willing to like get in there and do it. And as far as the other contestants, I'd say, no, I'd say they wanted the vegan out of there. They put me up for elimination like four times. <laughs> and Gordon Ramsay was like, no, she's staying. <laughs> so I don't think that they were terribly pleased to have me, which is fine. It's a competition. I understand. It was filmed in Las Vegas where I live. And we have many vegan restaurants. I understand Veggie Nation is one of your favorites. But have you also tried Taco Tarian? I have to ask. I have tried Tacotarian and I do love their tacos. I I haven't had as much. I've had literally one Tacotarian taco and it was on the set of Peeled because they were so kind to cater to us mm. and drop off food for us to munch on while we were in between shots. And I had one of their tacos and I was like, oh yeah, that's really good. Okay, can't really enjoy it. So <laughs> I'm actually in Las Vegas right now. So maybe 
we need to head over there. And we just do do a full like sample of their entire menu. I'm in. We'll talk when we get off air here. <laughs> cool. This is my story. No symptoms to being diagnosed with colon cancer, which led to four surgeries and a 50-50 survival rate. It then spread to my liver, in which only 3% are caught in time. Now, a 1% chance it ever comes back. And I'm on the road to inspiring everyone because you have three choices. Live, die, or fight. Bernie Siegel said, no matter what the statistics say, there's always a way. To book me, Tommy Canale, to speak to your event or group, go to TommyCanale.com. That's TommyCanale.com. And get ready to be inspired to inspire others because you're one day away from changing your life. Click the link in the show notes. Josie, Peeled Concept was created by Star Simmons, who is a vegan advocate, and V-Kind Studios. Speak about V-Kind and how Star got in touch with you. Wow. Yeah. So Star actually, we connected in a really strange way just through Instagram. She commented on one of my photos and she said, hey, I wish you were staying in the States because at the time I was in Mexico. Uh, because we'd love to bring you into a project that we've been working on. And I said, of course I can be there. And what is it? (laughs) So that just kind of transferred over into Instagram, direct messaging back and forth. And once I found out what she was working on, I was like, I absolutely need to be in that. I absolutely want to be a control freak within this system that you started. (laughs) And the collaboration process of everyone coming together just through sheer passion and their own individual unique backgrounds was exhilarating. What is VKind Studios? So VKind Studios stems from VKind, which is an all vegan platform. It's an app that you can download on your phone. It's 100% vegan. Everything vegan that you need to know about near you, you can find on this app. So it's 100% vegan. There's no vegetarian. You don't have to worry about... um, not being able to find something near you, whether it's a restaurant or a product or something that you're used to having as a vegan with this vegan lifestyle, be kind will locate it for you and you'll have access to all the resources that you need. I'll put a link in the show notes to the app so listeners can download it and start getting involved with the VKind app right away. The show is going to be hosted by Dr. Islam and Chef Babette Davis. It's the first in history to have all personnel who are vegan, which includes the producers, the writers, the directors, and the production crew, this is groundbreaking stuff and really super cool. Yeah, yeah. The the level of emotionality that was behind the scenes, behind the scenes, moving everything and keeping um, everything in flow and in check and structured was felt on set every second that we were filming. And the level of connectivity between every person involved was it it was like meeting your family for the first time after being separated from them for years. It was just like 
so much at once and everyone came together and was just communicating and collaborating and making sure that everything was perfect because we all were fueled by the same vision. This entire crew, which includes yourself, is part of TV history as the world's first vegan culinary competition show featuring an all-vegan celebrity cast. There's already three episodes filmed with more to come. How excited are you to be part of this groundbreaking history that could blow up into who knows what five years from now? Yeah, honestly, it's a bit overwhelming. I'm a bit stunned um, that... I'm able to have a hand in uh, altering the trajectory in which the world is changing and to be able to plant seeds of not only about veganism, but about health, Um, to be able to be a part of a show where the plates that these chefs are putting up are just completely plant forward using high quality ingredients And being able to show people what veganism can truly be in terms of taste and just overall sensory experience is right now it's paramount for the needs of our changing world and what people are demanding out of their diets these days. You're leading an all-star panel of judges. How intense was it filming these episodes as you being there in front of everybody and watching this competition Talk about that. Oh, well, all of the chefs that appeared uh, for Peeled for the filming of these three episodes, they were all cooking for a charity of their choice. And it was strongly tied to, you know, their lives and um, things that they're passionate about. So the sheer adrenaline and watching how much everyone was shaking just recording the first episode just because they wanted to really nail it and put their everything into this production and into their food. All of us were sweating on the judging panel. I mean, we knew that we couldn't compromise our values and when it came time to judge, but at the same time, we're like, Oh my gosh, like (laughs) they're really, they're really going after it. And uh, it was just, it was a very surreal experience to say the least. Show's going to be super funny and super dramatic. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I've already gone on the website, peeledshow.com. There'll be a link in the show notes for listeners to go there. You can vote for who you think's going to win. You can get involved. The chefs are also competing for a chance to create a, a dessert menu for the largest international vegan restaurant chain, the Copper Branch. So let's just add a little bit more pressure on top of it. And especially for you guys as judges, because ultimately the winner is in your hands. Totally. And now their name is involved. And now this is a chance to start to build a name for yourself as a chef. And yeah, the stakes couldn't be higher. This is a big development within the vegan industry because we don't have this kind of infrastructure in the vegan world yet. So this is the first of its kind uh, to really be an incubator for the chefs that participate in the show, uh, you know, to elevate, to help elevate their career. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to process. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to become more involved, there's going to be a red carpet premiere on September 24th at 6 PM at the director's guild of America in LA. It's going to be streamed live online on unchained TV to audiences across multiple platforms that include Amazon fire, Roku and Apple TV. 
If you want to go, the premier guests are going to be treated to beer, wine, spirits, hors d'oeuvres made by the contestants. And you get to meet the cast, including the guest in front of me. Josie's going to be there at the red carpet. I bet you're excited for this event. I'm super excited. You're going to see some green fashion, um, potentially a green carpet. We're still playing around with that idea. And there'll be some there'll be some big vegan names there as well so super exciting to be able to bring our ideas together and have um even more of or just like one more container of 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 vegans coming together through a shared vision to be able to connect in this upscale atmosphere to celebrate peeled and to indulge in some good vegan food it's going to be a great time what else josie do you want our listeners to know about peeled and vkind studios Mm. Well, if you haven't bought your tickets already, please come to the premiere. Please reach out on Instagram. Also, if you cannot make it to the premiere, um, would love to connect and understand what needs to be built uh, in terms of other people, other vegans perspectives, what kind of infrastructure we need to bring together to uh, just help expand this community and make veganism more tangible. So uh, reaching out is the only request I have of anybody who's interested in getting their hands on uh, being a vegan activist. Josie, can you speak to the demand for plant-based cooking shows as an estimated 40% of the population now embraces some sort of flexitarian diets? Well, yeah. I mean, all the vegans, they're pretty tired of watching these carnivorous shows and having meat thrown in front of their faces especially when it's like half pigs or like entire lambs that chefs are like carrying like on iron chef you know do you just see insane carnage and i think that people are becoming a little bit more empathetic with all these um social justice movements increasing people are becoming more and more aware of their own mental uh health and yeah i i think that we're a little bit over it we the people <laughs> and there's so many cooking shows out there so many different kinds of cooking shows it's crazy to think that there's not even one yet let alone like five a vegan baking show a vegan very prestigious show more of like a tacky vegan cooking show like there should just be an even ratio of vegan to non-vegan cooking shows or even not cooking shows, even just documentaries. Um, and I should, I, I will say there are like a, a good number of vegan docs available as far as um, education, but it could just be expanded upon in, in a much more artistic way in so many different sectors. So I'm excited to see what the next three years entails as far as what's hitting Netflix and Hulu and um, mainstream cable. We need to get a vegan Iron Chef competition going. Totally. That would totally. be intense too. Highly intense. intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree because the, the, the culinary standards for veganism aren't incredibly high. There is really good vegan food available, but I'd say that a majority, if you look at just every vegan restaurant in the U S rather than hotspots like New York or Vegas or Los Angeles, it's a bunch of passionate business people that opened up a vegan restaurant. 
rather than chefs who are specialized in veganism Mm -hmm. going in and finding the investors to open up a space. So there's actually a lot of untapped potential as well for vegan chefs that are graduating from Escoffier or Culinary Institute of America to go and help restaurants implement vegan menus. That is, or even help the vegan restaurants that just like don't have the technique or uh, the foresight on how to produce like coherent dishes. There's just so much room for growth within the vegan bubble. It's, it's insane. On those heels then, how do we get more people to try vegan and change their current lifestyle? I think you just have to nourish people. You just have to put a nice plate of food in front of them. No charge. If you're a vegan, you need to be hosting more dinner parties for your friends and family. That's it. You need to create an environment for them that is enjoyable and pleasurable and doesn't lack uh, the same emotional experience that they would get from eating something that's not vegan. It's it's really simple. It just It just comes in the form of nurturing. Once you nurture people, of course, that's how that's, it's like a mom and their child. That's how you get people to emotionally attach to you. just have to nurture them. (laughs) A few years ago, I had Christmas Eve at my house and I decided to make this huge spread of food that was all plant-based as you hear it all the time going, are you sure this is plant-based? Are you sure there's no meat in this? This is really good. And people have a misconception in their mind of what this food's supposed to taste like when it tastes nothing like that. I just mentioned a little bit ago that an estimated 40% of the population embraces some sort of flexitarian diet. But if we went from 40 to 50, that would be monstrumental for our environment. Monstrumental. Agreed. Agreed. Even my <laughs> my father, who is super carnivorous, I prepare vegan things for him all the time. And he takes a bite of it. And he's like, taste a little bit like me. You're trying to tell me that's not me. And then he spits it out just because he's like, it tastes, he's like, it tastes too close. He's like, it tastes too close. What are you feeding me? If it's not me. He's uh, I love him, <laughs> but I mean, that that's a win for me. You have on your Instagram. I saw a quote that I absolutely love where you put gut health is the key to mental clarity. That is outstanding. Where did you come up with this? Because you couldn't have put it any more simpler than that. That came from a lot of time fasted actually. And a lot of time saturating myself with mono diets and also just the same things like uh, that you were talking about where you just made some shifts you felt better. You had higher energy levels. You were probably able to accomplish more. You're probably able to think more. You're probably able to feel more of your own emotions and how you want to respond to You have the energy to respond to your environment in the way that you want to. And maybe you don't feel so stuck in like a default program because you're just so like sluggish. Um, yeah. I mean, personal experience. What do you think are some of the misconceptions of veganism? That's really difficult for me to even pinpoint just because there's so much information out there now. I think that maybe I'm not running into the right kind of people who have negative opinions about veganism, but I'd say that 
probably the standard one still exists that vegan food doesn't have any flavor or something, or that you only have to eat salads or French fries, which does exist probably in, uh, you know, areas where only chain restaurants exist. Uh, But I just, I don't find that there's any misconceptions. I think that people know now, and that's why so many people are changing their diets and willing to become more plant forward. I think the people that have misconceptions, the ones that aren't doing the research themselves. Yeah, I agree. Or they just simply haven't somehow like been exposed to someone who has done research because at this point it's, it's really, really difficult to come into contact with somebody that doesn't know about veganism. And it's little things you can change as you and I have mentioned, instead of using, you know, canned vegetables, go get fresh vegetables (laughs) and watch the taste jump off the plate to you and starting using quality ingredients instead of some of these process ingredients that make food taste bad. And you think that tastes good, but that really tastes bad. If you actually taste something with quality ingredients and fresh ingredients, there's no substitute for that. Zero. It makes the world of a difference. And that's why we have all fresh ingredients too in our pantry at Peeled. We use really high quality ingredients and things that uh, would allow the chefs to leverage uh, their dishes as much as possible and show people what veganism can look like and how fun of a lifestyle it can be um, from a sensory perspective. So yeah, there's there are insane flavors that are available to be made with the tens of thousands of varieties of, of veggies rather than the same, like what, like 12 animals and however many hundred fish that we eat. If it's even a hundred, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been pretty disconnected from the fish sphere since I was 19. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's insane that we can apply the same techniques that we would to meet just to vegetables in different ways, different flavors, uh, different cuisines, and just bring unlimited, unlimited possibilities to the table. Did you get to cook on the set by chance? No, no, I did not. Did you watch it? (laughs) Yeah, I was just watching it and mentoring and doing setup and making sure that everyone could cook that needed to cook. (laughs) Okay. I will put a link in the show notes to Josie's Instagram so you can go follow her and connect with her. And also, as I said, there is going to be a link to peeledshow.com so you can click that as well. Let's end here. Have you got connected with Mike Posner yet? No, why? (laughs) I saw you want to get connected. I'm like, let's hope Josie can get connected. If not, if somebody's out there, we got to make this happen. We got to get Josie connected to Mike Posner. We're both from Michigan. We're both vegan. He's in the community. He will love me. It's fine. He'll love you. He's just got to meet you. (laughs) Exactly. It's just, it's just a matter of time. It's, it's happening. It just hasn't happened yet. It's called what I call the uh, embrace the not yet moment. It's happening, just not yet. (laughs) (laughs) In today's real estate market, you need to work with a real estate professional who you can trust. Amy Canale is a proud member of the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Network in Nevada. She will provide the absolute finest service, dedication, and expertise possible. Whether you want to buy, sell, or rent, Amy can help make your home ownership dreams come true. To contact Amy, call 
685-685-1217. Go to her website, amycanally.com, or click the link in the show notes, BS0146092. Tommy, it has been so good getting to know you. I have a feeling I'm going to get to know you even more after we're done recording. Thank you so much for having Peeled and I on this show. You are more than welcome. Listeners, go follow me on Instagram at Before the Lights Podcast. And to support the show, either click the link in the show notes or go to beforethelightspod.com slash support. Thank you for listening to Before the Lights. I'm Tommy Canale. And until next time, everybody, a salute, a chin chin. <laughs>